Alright everybody, welcome back after a two-week holiday break hiatus. We are Wagers, Ragers, always coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. And your hosts each and every week, myself, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and of course, my co-host John, the Hedgehog, Donneth. The Hedgehog. Now it's been a while, guys, since we've been with you. A lot has happened in the NFL. And that's what we discuss here on this podcast. We talk about wagering on the NFL games. And of course, the most famous part of our podcast is our tracks of the week, which we will give you at the end of this pod. So I know, John, it's been a couple of weeks. We've seen a lot happen. Most devastating, though, was the just horrific uh, injury to DeMar Hamlin, in the Bills-Cincinnati game on Monday night where he suffered cardiac arrest. But thankfully, and I've been monitoring this situation day in and day out, he's off of a ventilator, he's talking, he FaceTimed with his teammates yesterday. Um, Seems like he's on the road to full recovery. Not sure if he's ever going to play football again, but that's totally secondary. Because when you're on the field and you're suffering cardiac arrest or anywhere, I mean, thankfully... The medical staff got to him in seconds. He was resuscitated. Um, and, you know, luckily he was there in the atmosphere of a game or even on the training air, on the training ground. So thankfully he's doing well. They're not going to re, uh, replay that game or continue that game. Uh, so everything's kind of going to have to shake out. Uh, I think the NFL voted yesterday about neutral sites for AFC championship games, depending on how the AFC playoffs um, shake themselves out, but thankfully he's okay. And the NFL just, you know, goes on and, uh, we head into week 18. This is the last week of the regular season. This is a very difficult week, in my opinion, to, um, pick the games only because a lot of games don't mean anything and other games mean everything. And so you don't know how these teams are going to play, but nonetheless, We are going to uh, give you our thoughts, opinions, analysis on the games for week 18 specifically, first of all. And if you're new to the podcast, we pick the teams that we root for first. So I'm a Jet fan. I hate to admit it. I'm a Jet fan. And the Jets obviously blew it last week. Had everything in front of them. Had every opportunity to be playing for something this weekend. And they just completely just didn't show up and got smoked. Um, So, you know, what are you going to do? We move on. And John's an Eagle fan. And you know what? John's got the best team in the NFL right now with a, I believe, 13-3 and record, holding on to the number one seed, home field advantage through the playoffs. And they play the Giants this week, who clinched a playoff spot and cannot move out of that sixth seed So we'll see how that game plays out. And obviously, John will tell all of us, including myself, uh, what his thoughts are on this game and how that's going to shake out. So, John, good to see you again. All for two weeks, but we're back and we're ready to roll. 
Yeah, man. I am so happy to be back and talking football with you and uh, able to give our thoughts on these games to to everyone out there. And first and foremost, I have to echo your sentiments regarding DeMar Hamlin. Uh, you and I were texting as that whole thing was going on, and it was scary. It was tough to even go to bed that night. You know, you just wanted to see some kind of update that he was okay that night. Of course, that was not forthcoming. But now that we have some good news, it feels so good. I got to be honest with you, man. It probably wouldn't even have felt right to to be watching football if we didn't know anything good about uh, Mr. Hamlin. Uh, and just one of the coolest things, you know, it's just that, you know, people were able to, to come together about that. And, you know, I'm sure everybody has seen this already that before DeMar was ever in the NFL, he started this uh, toy drive for, you know, local kids in his area. And, and my understanding was that the toy drives – uh, goal uh, was like $2,500 or something like that. I think this is the third year that it's been run. And I think after the, you know, the incident happened by the next day, it had raised like $4 million. Like, I don't even know what it's up to now. It's got to be some crazy amount. So that must've been a, in a, a, quite a thing, quite an experience for Mr. Hamlin to, to wake up to after missing a few days, but hearing about this outpouring of love and support. So it makes you feel good to, to be able to get back to the games now. But, you know, let's get it going. First off, as you mentioned, the New York Giants are visiting my Philadelphia Eagles. Giants coming in at 9-6-1 to Philadelphia. Eagles, you are correct, at 13-3. and This is a 14-point line, my man. The Eagles are favored by 14, given 14 at minus 110 on DraftKings. Giants, as you said, don't have anything to play for uh, except – being a thorn in the Eagles side and getting ready for the playoffs Eagles. On the other hand, this is huge. This is basically, you know, 80% of a playoff game. If they win this game tomorrow against the giants, they get the number one seed, which means they get the only first round by in the NFC. And that also means that the road to the super bowl in the NFC runs through Philadelphia runs through Lincoln financial field. Now, there's definitely some concerns amongst Eagles fans right now because of the way the Eagles are coming into this game. Limping into the game is certainly one way to put it. This is the third opportunity the Eagles have had to lock up the number one seed. And the reason why this game means anything is because they failed to beat the Cowboys in Dallas on Christmas Eve and then came out last week against the New Orleans Saints at home and just laid the biggest egg of the season, just a horrible, horrible loss uh, against the Saints, especially when you consider how much was on the line for the Eagles. Number one, win that game, they lock up the number one seed, get the rest of their players even longer. And number two, the Eagles own the New Orleans Saints, number one, uh, their first round pick coming up this year. So every loss the Saints uh, suffer improves that pick for the Eagles and the Eagles just did not look ready to play that game whatsoever. Uh, of course, Jalen Hurts has been out the last couple of weeks, three weeks ago in Chicago in the freezing temperatures, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, sprained his uh, shoulder, his throwing shoulder during the game, finished the game and actually uh, played well to, to cinch that game up for them. But the Eagles rested him against the Cowboys, Gardner Minshew, Eagles backup came in and played okay against the Cowboys, but you know, it was the kind of game where they ended up losing 40 to 34, had a couple of leads in the game uh, and, and it just didn't work out. So you weren't too concerned about that as an Eagles fan, but against the saints, Minshew played one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play poor play calling team wasn't ready to go. So 
What happens now? As we sit here today on Saturday, January 7th, we still don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to start this game. Reports are that he's trending in that direction. He was listed as a midweek limited participant in practice both last week and this week. I think he's probably going to play. Uh, Lane Johnson, on the other hand, right tackle for the Eagles, is going to be out again. He has, I believe it's a torn abductor muscle, which will require surgery. He's going to try to gut it out, rest it out until the playoffs and come back for the playoffs and try to play through the pain. Uh, Eagles have gotten a few players back in recent weeks, though, uh, but it's been sort of up and down. You know, Jordan Davis came back about, you know, uh, three weeks ago or four, three or four weeks ago. Avante Maddox came back, but now he's hurt and out again. Uh, their safety, uh, CJGJ, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, suffered a lacerated kidney and actually might play in this game. Uh, he was able to come off the injured list and uh, did practice. Uh, and there was a question as to whether or not he's going to play in this game. I did read a report that a reporter saw him packing up his pads uh, for this for this game. So there's a chance he plays in this game. A lot on the line here. Uh, last week, the Giants covered a five and a half point spread at home, crushing the Colts 38 to 10. Like I said, the Eagles lost 20 to 10 at home against the Saints. But we move on. Of course, these are division rivals. Eagles won 48 to 22 in week 14. Uh, and I was told we were talking just before the we started the podcast, JT. Uh, this 14 point spread, I think this really tells us something. I, I don't care that the Eagles beat up on the Giants a few weeks ago. I don't care that the Giants have nothing to play for in this game and may even rest some of their starters. Side note, like I said to you, who are they resting again? Oh, okay, Isaiah Hodgins, take the week off. But um, I don't see how an Eagles Giants game, barring extraneous factors, uh, should be anything more than eight than an eight or nine point spread, even if one team is heavily favored like the Eagles are here. I think that 14 point spread is telling us that Vegas thinks that the Giants are going to be resting some players. Uh, even with that in mind, I think 14 points is really too much to give. I do think the Eagles win the game, but the money line is like minus like 950 or something crazy like that. But I think the Eagles win the win the game. Uh, the Giants have done well against the point spread. Like I said, they're nine, six and one straight up. They're eight and one against the spread in their last nine games after gaining 350 plus yards in the week before. They did exactly that last week. Uh, Giants are also six and one against the spread in their last seven road games. Meanwhile, Eagles not so great against the, the spread recently. They are 0-4 against the spread in their last four following a loss. Again, they lost last week. Finally, head-to-head, -head, Giants are 4-1 against the spread in their last five against Philly. So uh, certainly I'm not going to bet the line in this game. I never bet against my team. Anyway, uh, that 14 points is just too much to give, though. So I think the Eagles win the game. If you are going to bet it, I think the bet is you take the Giants and take the 14 points. If the Eagles end up running away with it, you just deal with it. Because of some of the things that we talked about earlier, the fact that the Giants might rest their players, the fact that it's uh, still not confirmed whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to start, there are almost no props listed on – I checked FanDuel, I checked DraftKings, I checked uh, Caesars, I checked BetMG, BetMGM. They're just not there. But there are a few things that uh, I wanted to take uh, take a look at here. Uh, number one, A.J. Brown is a touchdown machine. Uh, he's got an anytime touchdown prop at minus 150. Not great juice for an, for an anytime touchdown. Uh, but A.J. Brown has been a, a touchdown maker, whether it's Jalen Hurts 
or Gardner Minshew. Their one good play the offense had last week was a huge touchdown from Minshew to A.J. Brown. But the one I like even better is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard was out for about a month uh, with his injury, is back now, has played uh, played last week. And on top of that, he scored a touchdown in each of his last two games playing with Jalen Hurts. So with Jalen Hurts trending in the direction of playing, if he's back, I could easily see Dallas Goddard hauling in a touchdown from Jalen. Dallas Goddard's anytime touchdown prop is plus 110, so let me get that. But even better, Boston Scott is the name I want everybody to remember here. So, um, you know, Miles Sanders has had a, a some some knee issues recently, although he was taken off the injury report. Uh, if the Eagles do go up big and start resting players, Miles Sanders is one of the guys that I think that would probably get a rest. And whenever Miles Sanders actually rests, Boston Scott seems to be the guy to come in for him. And Boston Scott is your number one giant killer in recent years. Listen to this, JT. In seven games against the Giants, Boston Scott has 360 rushing yards, 184 return yards, and seven touchdowns. No, excuse me, nine touchdowns in seven games. Absolutely insane. So there's two props I like for Boston Scott with that in mind. Number one, his anytime touchdown prop is sitting at plus 400, great odds. And you combine on an SGP, an anytime touchdown for Boston Scott and the money line. Remember I said earlier that the, the, the money line on the game is something nuts. You have no interest in, in taking it minus nine fifty or something stupid, but you combine the money line with the Boston Scott, anytime touchdown, you get those odds uh, at plus four seventy five. So I like it. One more shot in the dark um, with the idea again, that if the Eagles do go up big, if they do, Maybe they could start resting some players that would include A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, which would mean more playing time for one Zach Pascal. Uh, Zach Pascal, anytime touchdown and the money line is at plus 700. Again, that's a bit of a shot in the dark, but I, that's the way I sort of see the game. I, I do predict that the Eagles will win the game and get the number one seed, but I think 14 points is too many to give against the Giants. I don't care if they're going to rest players or not. We don't even know if, for sure if they are. So I think the bet on the game is you take the Giants in the 14 points. Uh, A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown. I really like the Dallas Goddard, anytime touchdown at plus 110. I like Boston Scott, anytime touchdown at plus 400. And the combo of Boston Scott, anytime touchdown, and the money line at plus 475. And if you feel like taking a shot in the dark, my wild card bet would be Zach Paschal, anytime touchdown, and the money line at plus 700. What do you think all about all of that, my man? Um, yeah, I you know I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this Giants Eagles game, but I, I I agree almost entirely with uh, with your thoughts on this game. You know, here's as I alluded to before, and as you as you know you confirmed for me as well, the Giants really have nothing to play for right now. They're locked into the sixth seed. Whoever they're going to play as the number three seed, you know, has yet to be determined. But the NFL obviously does things right when they do the scheduling for the last week of the season and. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas, and I don't, I'm not sure if Minnesota, but those three teams are all playing at the exact same time. So there's no scoreboard watching by the Eagles. They can't see, well, Dallas lost to Washington, and San Francisco lost to, I don't know who they're playing. I think they're playing Arizona. And then, you know, we, so we, have to, we can rest our players, and Jalen Hurts doesn't have to play, and we're locked into the number one seed, blah, blah, blah. They actually have to play this game. 
um, because they don't know what San Francisco is going to do. They don't know what Dallas is going to do. And so they really do need to win this game. So they're going to play most of their starters and it remains to be seen whether they're going to play Jalen Hurts. That being said, 14 points on a Giants-Eagles game, that's way too many points to give, especially when you don't know whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to is going to play. So I'm with you. I'm taking the Giants and the points. I think the Giants are still going to play this game tough, even though they have nothing to play for. They're probably going to rest players, although Brian Dable hasn't been terribly forthcoming as to how the Giants are going to play this game. So, yeah, I like the Giants in this game. Um, with the points, I think it's going to be a close game. Quite honestly, I was looking for the props that I was really looking for in this game was not so much passing props or rushing and receiving props. I think this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. And the over-under right now is 43. I kind of like the under in this game. And what I was really looking for were field goal kicker props because I think it's going to be an ugly um Back and forth game with um, a lot of punts, a field position game. I think the Giants are still going to play tough because even though the guys that start the game may not may not play a lot, if any, there's guys on that second string that are basically auditioning to stay in the league, stay on the team, or get picked up by another team for next year. So uh, signs are looking like Jalen Hurts is probably not going to play. I don't think they want to, you know, risk his shoulder getting re-injured and then he's out for the playoffs. So I'm going to guess Minshew is going to play at quarterback. So I like the Giants uh, getting the points. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, kind of like the under in this game. Still not sure if I'm going to take it or not. It's at 43. And the props, there's zero on DraftKings, zero, other than touchdown scores. And I was looking at Dallas Goddard. He's definitely a consideration for me. But I like Devontae Smith as an anytime touchdown scorer in this game as my only real prop that I'm leaning towards, plus 110 right now in DraftKings. So um, give me the Giants, give me the points, probably the under, and Devontae Smith anytime touchdown scorer at plus 110 on DraftKings. So that's my thoughts on Giants-Eagles. Anything uh, left on this game, John, before we put a bow on it? Uh, final thoughts, <clears throat> a couple things that I sort of go a little bit of a different way. It's that <clears throat> if I had to guess, I would guess that Hertz actually plays, although we don't know that for certain. And I kind of see it as a little bit more of a higher scoring game than you do, but it almost doesn't matter at this point. All I really care about is that the Eagles win the game. Uh, what do you got, man? What's going on with the Jets and Dolphins? Yeah, so we have a real bar burner here. Uh, New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> You know, one of the best teams in the NFL right now? Uh, no. In a bizarro world, maybe. But the Jets have lost five straight games after giving all of us, all Jet Nation, you know, delusions of grandeur where we thought we might even be able to win the division uh, and make the playoffs and make a run. But, of course, the Jets chalked up one of the biggest five disappointing games that I have seen in my lifetime um, that's up there with uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Buffalo bills last week of the season to make the playoffs lose, get blown out. That's uh, jets in the playoffs against Pittsburgh missing field goals. Um, you know, I fell on the ground on the floor at Hobson's choice in Hoboken 
floor probably covered with beer and Jägermeister and all kinds of other crap. And I'm laying on the floor. I was ready to go out in front of Texas, Arizona. And anybody from New Jersey and knows the Hoboken area knows Texas, Arizona is a Pittsburgh Steeler bar. And I was ready to go there and, you know, scream and yell and do jumping jacks and, you know, karate kicks and whatever as the Jets beat the Steelers. But of course, they couldn't make a field goal. Doug Bryan, I believe, was the kicker at the time. And in this game last week against Seattle, I mean, they just came out and did absolutely nothing. Mike White was clearly not healthy, underthrowing receivers, throwing interceptions, and they get blown out by Seattle and their playoff hopes go right down the drain. But the Dolphins equally are on a five-game losing streak as well. And these and both teams are playing with backup quarterbacks. It looks like that two is not going to play based on uh, his series of concussions this year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater dislocated his pinky on his throwing hand. And, you know, if you can't throw the ball, uh, you're not going to play. And so I think they're going to stick with their third string, Skylar Thompson, as their quarterback. And the Jets announced yesterday that Mike White is not healthy enough to play. He probably wasn't healthy enough last week, as I said before. And so they are going with Joe, the statue, the washed-up quarterback, Flacco, who will be starting for the Jets this week at Miami. With For the Jets, there's nothing on the line other than pride. But for the Dolphins, on the other hand, the Dolphins actually can make the playoffs despite the fact that they've lost five games in a row, that they're playing with Skylar Thompson, but they need help. They need to win at home against the Jets, and they need New England to lose on the road against Buffalo. I actually think both of those scenarios are very likely to happen and that Miami would back themselves into the playoffs. Honestly, I'd rather see the Jets win, New England lose, and the Steelers win and see the Steelers um, backdoor themselves into the playoffs because they've been playing better. They've been playing better football than either Miami or New York. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I don't anticipate the Jets winning this game, but again, they're playing for pride and you know, you're, the articles that you read, either online or in the paper, looks like the Jet players want to play and want to play for pride. Um, what I think is going to happen in this game, the Jets right now are getting three points. The under-over is 37. I see this as a very low-scoring game um, because of the fact that they're playing backup quarterbacks, the, the fact that Joe Flacco can't move around in the pocket, and that Skylar Thompson, who played against the Jets um, earlier this season, uh, and the Jets actually beat him. Uh, so I see it as a low-scoring game, much like I see the Giants and Eagles game as a low-scoring game. And I think we're going to see a lot of uh, rushing on behalf of Miami. Uh, Raheem Mostert in, I believe it was in week five, when they played the Jets, he had 113 yards rushing on 18 carries. I see that continuing this week because the one weakness that the Jets' defense does have is against the run um and why the also the other reason why i see this as a low scoring game is the jets have not scored a touchdown in the last eight quarters and so with joe flacco at the helm i, I and skylar thompson you know the, the quarterback of the dolphins this is going to be a really ugly game but a game that i see the dolphins pulling out and winning and getting into the playoffs so give me the dolphins laying the three points against the Joe Flacco-led Jets. Just, you know, just to uh, go back to what I normally look at 
in games like this is I look at the defenses and how the defenses play. And I'm going to give you their stats, but I think that it kind of goes out the window based upon the fact that we, we have backup quarterbacks playing. I mean, the Jets defense has, has been lights out. I mean, they were last in the league last year, but they are third in yards allowed, second in passing yards allowed, fourth in points allowed. But they're 16th against the rush, which is why I think this is going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of Raheem Mostert, a lot of Jeff Wilson. Uh, the Miami defense, on the other hand, not great. They're 20th in yards allowed, 27th in passing yards allowed, 8th against the run, which is important, I think, here, and 27th in points allowed. Because I don't see the Jets being able to do anything in the passing game, even though Miami is not great against the pass. And their rushing offense has been terrible the last few weeks, and Miami is very good against the rush. So give me Miami. Give me um, – I'll take the uh, – I'll lay the three points with the Dolphins – Dolphins win. New England loses against Buffalo because they're going to be super inspired to play this week, knowing that uh, DeMar Hamlin is is awake, off of ventilator, talking, did FaceTime with the team. So they're going to be super inspired to go out and win for number three. So give me Miami and the points. The two props that I have in this game, they're going to be identical, um, and that is field goals. Field goals, field goals, field goals. When you look at an over-under that's 37, the you know, the sports books and the sharps are looking at this and saying this is going to be a low-scoring game. So it's going to be a field goal game. So I have Greg Zerline for the Jets over one and a half field goals, positive juice plus 105 on DraftKings, and even money with um with Sanders, the the uh, field goal kicker for Miami, over one and a half field goals at even money plus 100 on DraftKings. So I like the two field goal kickers to kind of go back and forth in this game, even considering taking the under, but I'll take Miami and the points. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, what a tough game to read, man. This is a tough game to call based on all the factors that that you talked about. Like, how do you – like, how do you predict how a team is going to react when they're, like, basically out of it, right? Do they – treat it like their Super Bowl and go all out or are they checked out and all ready to go on vacation later that day um I guess my only real thought is I did have one additional prop I wanted to throw out there uh and that was a Garrett Wilson anytime touchdown which is plus 1100 on DraftKings obviously you know really great odds for her even for an anytime touchdown especially for uh, Garrett Wilson who's had a really great rookie year what do I base this on not a whole heck of a lot but the, when he played with Joe Flacco against the uh, Browns, Wilson caught two touchdowns from uh, Joe Flacco that day. So, you know what? Flacco might be looking for him again uh, until the extent they score here. Uh, Garrett Wilson on the anytime touchdown at plus 1,100 could make you some easy money. Yeah, you know, I, I listen to and I, and I watch um, the Jet post game after every Jet game, and it's comprised of Bart Scott, and uh, Willie Colon, uh, both who used to play for the Jets, Bart Scott as a linebacker who also played for the Ravens, and and Willie Colon, who was an offensive lineman for the Jets, who previously played for the Steelers. And and the thing that Bart Scott pl- said on the post game was, you know, after analyzing the disappointment after the Seattle game, he said, "Look, the Jets could be looking at this and say, if we can't go, then you can't go, and the Jets may come out and play, you know, lights out like it's their Super Bowl." I can't see it, especially with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I see him throwing a bunch of interceptions. Of course, 
that's not a prop that I could take because there are no props other than field goal kickers and, and defensive players for tackles. So I'm still sticking with my pick, uh, Miami uh, laying the three points. Jets fall on their face, get ready to go play some golf or go you know, to uh, the Caribbean or what have you. So, all right, with that, in, with that being said, John, talk to me about the second game that you have before I get into the prime time game on Sunday night. Go. All right. Uh, my second game that I've chosen is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a Saturday game. So if you're listening to this uh, on Saturday, remember, this is, I believe, a 425 start on Saturday. Chiefs at Raiders. The Chiefs coming in at 13 and three, looking to try to secure that number one seed. They need a win to help them do that. Vegas coming in at six and ten uh, a year you know, very promising coming off a pretty good year last year. Adding Devontae Adams has now just completely fallen apart. Derek Carr gets benched last week uh, before last week's game. Apparently has played his last game for the Raiders, it looks like, after having a career year last year. Just completely bizarre. Uh, it looks like wherever Josh McDaniels goes, bizarre stuff seems to find him when he's a head coach. The line on this game, nine points. The Chiefs are giving nine on the road. Minus 110 to those Las Vegas Raiders playing against a backup quarterback in Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham, who was, I believe, a, a day three pick of the Patriots and was a, a backup there for a couple of years. Stidham last week comes out of nowhere. Maybe Josh McDaniels knows what he's doing against the San Francisco 49ers, who have one of the best defenses in football, if not the best. Stidham comes out, throws for 365 yards and three touchdowns and rushes for another 34 yards. Completely nuts. Um, so who knows what's going to happen here? Like I said, the Raiders don't have a lot to play for. Uh, they're obviously out of the playoffs. Uh, Josh McDaniels, I guess, you know, coaching for his coaching life, as it were, and Jarrett Stidham potentially uh, auditioning for a full-time quarterback gig with the Raiders or elsewhere. Uh, just to give you an update on the on the whole seeding thing, it's very odd in the AFC. It's still a little bit unsettled. The, uh, the NFL has come out and said that they're not going to finish that Bengals and Bills game. Uh, and as a result, the NFL has decided there's going to be some kind of weird seeding thing uh, where uh, if, if the, the Chiefs don't secure the number one seed outright, which would include a win by them and a loss by the Bills, that would secure the, the, the Chiefs getting the number one seed. And my understanding is, I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is everything else just happens as normal. But if that doesn't happen, there's a number of other scenarios that could potentially involve the AFC championship game being played on a neutral site. Just leave it to the NFL to completely uh, overcomplicate things and completely botch it. Uh, if anyone had asked me, they didn't, uh, I would say, fine, either call the, the, the Bills Bengals game a tie or cancel it, whatever. And then after week 18, just let the chips fall where they may see it as you normally would, but no, the NFL has to, uh, completely botch it but i'll get down on my off my soapbox leave that aside kansas city has something to play for you here that's good from a betting perspective because that gives us a little bit more certainty when we're trying to predict what's going on chiefs have already secured their seventh straight afc west title fantastic um the chiefs have also won nine out of their last 10 against the raiders including a 30 to 29 game uh, in week five uh, it, of course, that was Derek Carr playing in that game, but the Raiders were up 17 to nothing early. 
but Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, 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 Kelsey led the Chiefs storming back. Mahomes was 29 of 43 in that game for 292 yards and threw count them one, two, three, four touchdowns to Travis Kelsey. Uh, <clears throat> Mahomes has owned the Raiders during his career. He has a 26 to three touchdown to interception ratio and is eight and one against the Raiders for crying out loud. Uh, also, the Chiefs may have sound, found themselves a running back that of you you Isaiah Pacheco uh, since taken over as essentially the full-time runner with Jarek McKinnon being like the third down back since week 10, Isaiah Pacheco has been averaging 4.8 yards a carry and 71.1 yards of ground on the game with three touchdowns. Like I said, uh, the story on the Raiders side of the ball, a uh, couple of things. Jared Stidman is the biggest story after his big week against San Francisco last week. But Josh Jacobs has been the number one uh, running back in football. Uh, he did miss practice on Wednesday, but my understanding he is he's expected to play, I believe. Devontae Adams also missed practice on Wednesday, and, but is expected to play. Darren Waller, tight end, is back now. This will be his fourth game back uh, from <clears throat> – uh, from uh, from his injury, he missed a, a, a couple of games there. Um, so what do we do with this game here? Uh, I think in a division matchup, I think nine points. Uh, it's nine and a half points now, actually, on DraftKings at minus 110. I think that's too many points to give on the road, even for the Chiefs, who may be the, now the, the best team in the AFC or at least one of the top two. Um, I think that's too many points to give to a division opponent who they only beat by one point earlier this year. Uh, you know, the Raiders six and 10, like I said, who knows how they're going to come out here, but they played inspired football last week. So it's reasonable to think it could happen again. Jarrett didn't performed well against uh, the Niners who have a much better defense against the chiefs. So it's reasonable to think he could put points on the, on the board again at home against the chiefs too. Meanwhile, the chiefs, while being a very good team, they do not blow a lot of teams out. They just don't. Uh, even though the chiefs are four and one in their last five games, they only would have covered nine points once in that five game span. So I think the chiefs win this game, get closer to the number one seed. But I think the bet would be to take the Raiders and take the points at home. Give me a, a, a team at home getting nine and a half points uh, who just went toe to toe against one of the best teams in the league. Niners ended up losing by three points at home against a division opponent. Give me the Raiders nine and a half points. How about some props here? The first one here is I'm really stretching it. Uh, you know, a, a rule of thumb here is when I go player props, I hate to go above that player's average in whatever category we're talking about. I'm about to do that right now. And that's for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and that's because Patrick Mahomes, the number one passer in the league this year, uh, he's got uh, 5,048 passing yards so far through 16 games. The record for passing yards in a season was set by one Peyton Manning back in 2013 when Peyton threw for 5,477 yards in that 16-game season. Mahomes gets an extra game to go after the record. Now, he needs – Mahomes needs 429 yards for the record. How likely is that to happen? Probably unlikely, but it's not crazy. Mahomes has thrown for 400 yards – eight times in his career with a high of 478 against the Rams in 2018. And he also has two 400 yard passing games this year. 
Now, one of them was against the Titans, who have had a horrible passing defense this year. But another one was against the San Francisco 49ers, who have had a really good passing defense this year. He also, Mahomes also threw for 406 yards against this very Raiders team last year. And the Raiders have been abysmal against the pass this year. Uh, 29th as far as passing yards uh, allowed goes. So I'm looking at the Patrick Mahomes passing prop. It's 325.5 yards on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's 324.5 yards at minus 115. A huge, that's a huge passing prop, 324.5. Mahomes is the number one passer in the league. He's only averaging 315.5 yards a game. So what am I doing? I'm taking Mahomes in the over. I think he's going after the number one seed. This is a passing team. He's going to put the ball in the air. They're going to be going after the record. I don't know if he gets the record, but I bet in going after the record, he gets over 324.5 minus 115. So bag it up, throw a burger on it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I have, before I get to my last, uh, my last uh, props here, uh, I do want to take one on the Raider side. I'm going with Darren Waller. Darren Waller has performed uh, better in each week since he's come back from his injury a few weeks ago. He's uh, three weeks into his return, and he has receiving yardage, receiving yardage totals of 48, 58, and 72 yards last week. So playing with Jared Stidham, Waller had five targets for 72 yards. His receiving prop on DraftKings is only 33 and a half. He's hit the over on that every game since he's been back. The juice is not great at minus 130, but I'll still take it. So give me Darren Waller over 33 and a half receiving yards at minus 130. Also, I can't help myself. I always love to take a look at quarterback uh, rushing props. Uh, and I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes right now. He's got an over under of 14 and a half, which is actually on the low side for him at minus 110. Now, his recent history has not been great. Excuse me. He's only been over 14 and a half rushing yards once in his last five. But he's averaging 20 yards on the ground uh, a game this year for the year. So I think he definitely could easily hit this 14 and a half rushing yards. Maybe Max Crosby um, flushes him out of the pocket uh, and he takes that uh, uh, over the 14 and a half yard uh, rushing prop there. Uh, one more that I'm, well, I, two more that I'm actually taking a look at here. If you bear with me for a second. All right. I was hoping that there might be a Jarrett Stidham rushing prop. Uh, there is not that I saw, but he rushed seven times for 34 yards last week against San Francisco. So if you could find a Jarrett Stidham rushing prop, maybe on Caesars points bed somewhere, and it's, you know, anything under 15, 16, 17, anything under that, I would take it. Last one I got, you know where I'm going, Kelsey, 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 the Hall of Fame tight end, still the best in the game. His receiving yardage prop is 75 and a half receiving yards. Um, he would have been over this number in two out of his last three. He's averaging 81.25 uh, receiving yards on the, on the year. So give me that 75 and a half receiving yardage prop, bonus prop. Travis Kelsey to score an anytime touchdown and the Chiefs to win on the money line. That's minus 110. So give me that one as well. So Raiders on the road. I mean, excuse me, Raiders at home getting nine and a half. Uh, Mahomes over on 324.5 passing yards. Waller over 
33 and a half receiving yards at minus 130. Patrick Mahomes over on 14 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. If you can get Jared Stidham, anything under 17 yards rushing, take it. Travis Kelsey over on 75 and a half receiving yards. And Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown in the money line at minus 110. JT, can you tell I was excited to actually have props listed on this game? I took all of them. Yeah, you have like uh, that pot at the end of the rainbow full of props. Uh, it's crazy. You got like six or seven props going on this game, which is insane. But, you know, with the Chiefs, they are a team that has been on fire. They actually have the identical record of the Eagles, 13-3, and three, sitting in the number one seat, I believe, right now. Um, they should win this game against the Raiders, but I'm with you on the Raiders at the points just because of the way they played last week against San Francisco, uh, almost pulling that game out with Jared Stidham at quarterback, uh, losing by three in overtime. So, yeah, I like the Raiders and the points. Um, so I'm in lockstep with you on that. And as far as the props, I'm with you on Waller, over 33 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's had great games, as you said, the last four games that he's been back since the, since coming off the IR. I love Travis Kelsey, over 75 and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, but my three other props on this game that I'm looking at, Jarek McKinnon has been a touchdown scoring machine for the Chiefs. I think he scored in multiple touchdowns last week or the week before. Um, he scored like in a bunch of different games in a row. Anytime touchdown right now is minus 105 on DraftKings. Give me Jarek McKinnon. Anytime touchdown, he seems to be the go-to guy for Mahomes when they get down in the red zone, sort of like inside the 10-yard line. So I like McKinnon, anytime touchdown. Two other props that I really like. Go, are you? Go, are you? Go, are you? Isaiah Pacheco has been the man. He's been the number one back for the Chiefs. His his rushing total right now on DraftKings is 59 and a half. The juice is, is, is pretty solid at minus 115, which is usually where it is for props. So I'm taking Isaiah Pacheco over 59 and a half rushing yards. My last prop, Kansas City has scored a team total of 30 points or more in six straight games. Right now on DraftKings, it's 31 and a half points. I'm taking the over on the Chiefs um, for total points by a team, by the Chiefs, scoring over 31 and a half points in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I still do like the Raiders and the points because just the way the Raiders played last week against San Francisco, not because I believe that Jared Stidham is the answer at quarterback for the Raiders, but I think the Raiders are playing for pride. They actually, they, you know, they obviously played for pride last week. Their their record is not great. They've lost a lot of close games. I think they're a better team than their record shows, but yeah, give me the Raiders and the points. And those are my props in this game. Any last words on this game, John, before I move on to the Sunday night game with most likely everything on the line? Nope. I, I love all those additions, man. Let's go. All right. So flexed out to the 820 game on Sunday night is the Detroit Lions. Who would have ever thought the Detroit Lions would be playing in the primetime game on the last week of the season? But they have everything Possibly everything to play for. I should say that. Possibly everything to play for. And they're at Green Bay at Lambeau Field with the Packers having everything to play for. Not possibly. They have everything to play for. Green Bay is on a roll. They're on a four-game winning streak. And their playoff uh, implications right now is 
win and you are in. The Lions, they need a win, but they also need a little help. They need Seattle to lose against the LA Rams. Now the Rams are this are the defending Super Bowl champions, but they have not looked like that at all this season. Uh, they're playing now with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback who kind of came in in that one game and uh, lit it up, and you know looked like the 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 quarterback that the Browns had originally drafted. But he didn't have a great game last week. I don't I don't think Seattle is going to lose this game. But you never know. And if Seattle loses this game, this game on Sunday night is going to be just a crazy game. I mean, the last time they played, the Lions beat Green Bay. Granted, it was in Detroit. And it was a sort of um, a weird game because the Lions put up a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points. And in that game, they beat Green Bay 15-9. to uh, Green Bay went to 3-6 and six after that loss. Detroit was one and six going into that game. So they finished two and six after that. But since then, both teams have been playing really, really well. They're both coming in at eight and eight. Uh, and Detroit has not had a winning season in four straight years. So they, even if they have nothing to play for the playoffs, they have everything to play for as far as having a winning season against, um, against the Packers this week. Um, the Lions are coming off a 41 to 10 blowout of the lowly Chicago bears and they've won seven of nine games. But again, green Bay, as I said before, they're on a four game winning streak and they're just playing lights out football right now on both sides of the ball. Um, green Bay has 12 turnovers, not like Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions, but they have turned the ball over on the other team 12 times in the last four games compared to tw only 12 turnovers in their first 12 games. So both offensively and defensively, this team is really playing well. But Jared Goff has not thrown an interception in the last eight games. So in my opinion, something has to give in this game. Right now it's Green Bay uh, getting or laying six points at home against the Lions. It, this is a tough game for me to pick because the teams are going to know where they're at when this game kicks off. And if the Lions um, are eliminated from the playoffs because Seattle beats LA before this game kicks off. Is there going to be a letdown on this team? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Is there going to be motivation to knock green Bay out of the playoffs because they're, they are a division rival perhaps. So I think this game is going to be close. I'm probably going to lean lions in this game and think it's going to be a field goal game um, only because it's hard to tell if both teams are going to go to the playoffs or if, uh, you know, Lions are going to be playing for pride and a winning record and to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. So I'm going to lean Lions. I think if the Lions are not playing for a playoff berth, I'll probably reevaluate my position on this. I'm like literally on the line on this game. I could go either way with Green Bay or, or Detroit. You know, you look at stats, and I always look at defensive stats because I think that that's really what wins the game. Not offensively and not on either side, but defense. How does the defense play? And the Lions defense is just putrid. And that's why I, I, I'm I, a little concerned about the line in this game. The over-under right now is 49, which I think is probably going to go over. I think these teams are going to score a lot of points like Detroit usually does. And Green Bay lately has been scoring 
you know, a decent amount of points. The Lions defense, they're last in yards allowed. They are 30th in passing yards allowed. They're 29th against the rush. And they are 29th in points allowed. While Green Bay on the other side is not the greatest of teams, but they are fourth against the pass. And that's why I see maybe um, Jared Goff's eight-game streak of not throwing an interception ending this week against green bay especially given the fact that they green bay has turned the ball over on the other team 12 times in the last four games so i'm gonna lean lions but i'm gonna kind of wait and see how things play out early on on sunday and maybe look at the over as well only because of how these teams have put up points uh, during the season and in the last bunch of games yeah, and throw out the 15-9 to Lions-Green Bay game. I mean, these teams are totally different from November 6th when they played the last time. So I'm, that's my, my thoughts on this game. I know I'm not giving you a very definitive pick on this game, but I wanted to look at the last game of the season because it seems to be the, you know, quote-unquote sexiest game of, of, the, uh, of the week. So props. There are definitely props on this game, and there are three that I like. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers, who seems to be on fire, very inspired to try and move his team into the playoffs. Uh, and I'm going to take his over of one and a half touchdowns, minus 120, 125 on DraftKings. His young receivers have really um, come into their own during the season. I know that he he chewed them out earlier in the season and uh, basically told them that they didn't know what they were doing, but he's really had a lot of confidence in, in them. And he has his veteran receiver in Randall Cobb um, healthy and playing. So I like uh, Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns. Jamal Williams, former Green Bay running back, who has seemed to have uh, ascended to the number one back for Detroit. I know that uh, that's much to the chagrin of, of Swift, but his rushing total right now is only 52 and a half rushing yards. Going back to Green Bay, his old team, I like uh, Jamal Williams, over 52.5 rushing yards, minus 120 on DraftKings. And last but not least, Aaron Jones had a monster game last week. I like his combo of rushing and receiving, over 84.5 rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. So those are my three props on this game. Rodgers over touchdowns, 1.5. Jamal Williams over 52 and a half rushing yards and Aaron Jones over combo rushing and receiving yards, 84 and a half. John thoughts on lions, green Bay, possibly everything on the line for a playoff berth last game on Sunday night. Uh, Not really, man. I'm kind of with you on, on, on where you're at with this game. And I do hope that it actually means something. It would be cool to have essentially a playoff game tonight or not tonight on Sunday night when this goes down. Yeah, totally. I mean, the Lions haven't made the playoffs since 2016. Um, they are not the the team with the longest drought. That would be my New York Jets, who haven't made the playoffs since 2010. But it would be pretty cool, actually, to see the Lions make the playoffs. And there's talk from Aaron Rodgers that this might be his last game in Green Bay and he might retire. There's no way he's going to leave all that money on the table. He just signed a contract extension. So he's playing for the next couple of years. That's nonsense. But I do hope that this is going to be a game that has meaning on it for both teams. That would be really, really cool to be the last game of the regular season. All right, real quick before we move into our tracks of the week, which is our last phase of the podcast and probably our audience's most favorite part of this podcast. There is one college football game left this season. 
and that is for the national championship on Monday night. It's the TCU Horn Frogs against the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending college football national champions. The games last weekend on New I think New Year's Eve, I believe on that Saturday, I mean, they were just fantastic games. John, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I mean, the Ohio State-Georgia game came down to a last-second field goal, which missed terribly wide left. Uh, and the, the Michigan-TCU game, TCU was winning the entire game, and Michigan tried to storm back and take that game. But TCU, boy, I tell you, that game, that team can really put up points, and they can put up points against anyone. Right now, TCU is getting 12 and a half points. I mean, how can you put a line at 12 and a half? I get it. It's Georgia from the SEC and it's TCU from the Big 12. But the way TCU has played this season, and they only lost one game on that in the conference championship to Kansas. Uh, I mean, Kansas State. Uh, I, I can't, I can't uh, lay 12 and a half points. I just can't. As much as I love Georgia... I can't lay 12 and a half points. So I'm going to take TCU in this game, getting 12 and a half. I'll monitor to see how it, how the line sort of changes or shifts over this weekend. But I like TCU getting 12 and a half points. If I see that line go down to 12, I'm hopping on TCU just so it doesn't go down any further. Um, so that's my college football nugget. Last one of the season. Um, obviously, when we're back next week, we're going to be talking playoffs. So, John, take us away on your track of the week. All right, to take us into 2023, I had to go with a song, a track that I love that was released in 2023, and I got one on my favorite record label, which is Tool Room Records. It is a tech house track. It is by an artist known as SL or Esel, E-S-S-E-L, who I'm not familiar with at all, but they have a song out on Beatport, just came out on January 6th yesterday called Lennon. It's a very cool tech house track. You know, I love my house music and I'm happy to have a brand new house track to take me into 2023. That's my track of the week, Lennon by Essel. sticking with my favorite genre which is trance and it's a track that i i picked up on um it's a it's it was released in 2020 from a great duo which i'm sure all of you who are trance fans out there know matisse and sadko it's called strings again the extended mix just a great uh trance track uh you know banging so it's a banger that they play you know in the clubs and so my track is Strings Again, the extended mix by Matisse and Sadko. That's my track of the week. All right, guys. We have, I mean, we have dissected, torn apart, analyzed, given us, given all of you our opinions on the last week of the season on some games that don't mean a whole lot, 
other games that could mean a lot. Uh, I think every game that we've looked at, there are some sort of playoff in, um, implications in each one of those games. I wish that in my Jet game, my Jet team actually had something to play for, other than Pride. Um, but nonetheless, it should be a really exciting week in Week 18. And we will, of course, see you next week when the playoffs get underway. So, with that being said, we bid you adieu. And may your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We are out, Wagers Ragers. See you next week. Good luck, everyone. Later. <laughs>